most of us, especially women, have no idea the kind of pleasure that we can experience in this life. Welcome to the Healer Dealer Podcast. This is an invitation to be inspired, get curious, expand and empower your own gifts through conversations with the modern healers of our time. The only way to heal ourselves is to deal with it. I'm your Healer Dealer, Diana Zalicki. So excited you're here. Let's get started. I have with me Elena Rossi, who is the creator and founder of the Yoni Empire. She's a woman's orgasm coach, sex educator, pleasure toy designer, full-time writer, and lover of all things pleasure-related. She writes shamelessly about eroticism, supporting women with overcoming sexual challenges, and tapping into their pleasure potential. She is on a mission to nourish women one orgasm at a time, connecting heart, body, and mind. Love that so much. I can't even tell you. So, okay, for all our listeners, if you're not following her already, you have to. Her Instagram's Yoni Empire. I'll do all the show notes. What I love about the work you're sharing in the world, specifically on Instagram, is I feel like you're really providing a true safe container to talk about pleasure and sex, sensuality, kink in a way that does not feel intimidating at all, or like ways that you know, maybe somebody would compartmentalize, like, I'm not into that thing or, or this and that. It's like, it really, you have this open dialogue that I really find refreshing and unique and very, very loving. Um, (laughs) Um, So one of the big like words that you use a lot um, that I love is pleasure. So can you talk a little bit about your connection with pleasure and what that means to you? Sure. Um, yeah, that's a good question to start off with. For me, pleasure is anything that brings you joy and enriches your life. Um, and over the years, I've seen um, you know the hashtag of pleasure expand and just grow into this massive community. And now everyone is tagging everything: pleasure, 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 pleasure. And when I talk about pleasure, I want women to really differentiate between short-term gratification and pleasure, which has meaning and purpose. So an ice cream is a short-term gratification. It will make you happy. It will give you pleasure for what, five minutes, 10 minutes, but it's not ultimately going to make your life any happier. And so when women start gifting themselves pleasure, I want you to really bring in this awareness of what kind of pleasure are you gifting yourself? And is it ultimately making your life more rich, more vital? Is it improving your relationships? Is it improving your body? Is it improving your mental health? Because, you know, some pleasure might not be so good for you in the long term. Well, one thing I love that really stuck with me, because I love the um, connection of being able to find pleasure in the simple pleasures that I'm using, pleasure, pleasure. But I am very much of that. Like there's little pleasures. I like, I love my little teacup here. It brings me pleasure. Um, but the thing, what is something that you said recently that really stuck with me? I loved when you were talking about you, uh, women using a vibrator and that like it's a croissant and like you can't, but I don't know what you said exactly, but it really stuck with me. I'm like, oh, she's schooling all of us. Um, you're like, vibrators are great, but it's a croissant and you can't have that every day. It's like, it's just, I love yeah. that. Can yeah, you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that's an example of a short-term gratification. So 
masturbating with all the sex toys. If you look in the market now, there's just the most insane sex toys. And what are they all promoting? They're promoting to get gift you an orgasm the fastest and the easiest way, right? So they're like literally drilling you into an orgasmic release, which can be fun. I'm not against vibrators. However, it is a short-term gratification and it is affecting the way that you experience pleasure in your body. So I always, always compare vibrators to croissants. Croissants are awesome. They're delicious, but I wouldn't have one every single day. And if I am going to have one, I'm going to go to the absolute best bakery in town, have the best quality croissant and make it worth my time. I love that. How do you think, you know, and we're talking, I mean, a lot of, I feel like at the heart of this is to be thoughtful and to slow down. So how can we begin? I mean, yes, we know we need this in our daily lives, but I think at least personally, this is my opinion. I feel spe specifically sexually, like we, that hasn't caught up yet to like slow down in the bedroom, slow down with ourselves, slow down with our partners. It's like, you know, everybody is, yes, it's great that everybody's being empowered for like self-care and everything, but I don't know that that has, that conversation has fully rippled into self-care sexually. And that is something that really stands out to me with the work you're doing is I feel like that conversation is happening with you. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Like our, you know, why do you think we're like in such a rush in the bedroom or with ourselves, pleasuring ourselves? Yeah, I, it's interesting how you don't really hear these conversations happening. And that is exactly why I do the work that I do, because what I see happening across the world right now is we're treating our sexuality as something to achieve rather than something to explore. And so sex is all about achievement. How good was it? How good was I? How fast did I orgasm? How hard was this orgasm? How good is this toy? Did I achieve at being sexy, skinny? Are my boobs big enough? Is my ass tight enough? It's always about achieving, achieving, achieving rather than exploring. Exploring your sexuality, exploring your eroticism, exploring your body and its incredible potential for pleasure and orgasms. And so what we're doing is we're collectively creating a culture of overachievers and people who are stressing the fuck out, concentrating on being the best at something rather than enjoying the process. You know, I'll give an analogy of if, if you're, I don't know, going to meet friends and you're going to, I live in Amsterdam, I'm always riding my bike through the park. And I can ride my bike through the park and be on my phone, right? And then I'm not noticing the beautiful road, the trees right now, you know, October is coming, trees are going yellow. It's such a beautiful place. There's kids playing, there's squirrels running around. But if I'm on my phone looking at Google Maps because I'm trying to get to a place, I don't notice all the beauty and pleasure around me. I will ride through that entire park without any awareness of what I just passed through. And I see us doing this in our sexual lives as well. It's like we're just so determined to be the best. We're so determined to reach an orgasm that we forget to enjoy the journey, the journey of being naked with another human being, the journey of feeling pleasure, the journey of being held, connecting, being intimate, feeling how they kiss us, not having them kiss us and us obsessing over, oh my God, am I skinny enough right now, right? 
or having our partner go down on us and us truly feeling it and enjoying it rather than being in our head going, oh my God, it's not, it's taking me too long to orgasm. What's wrong with me? We're constantly slave driving ourselves. We cannot relax. And so the work that I do is helping women relax into their sexuality, relax into their body and fucking have fun. I love that so much. Okay. So just, you know, I know it, when um, clients come to see you, it's, it's um, very in-depth, but just right off the top of your head, what do you feel like is a couple tips our listeners could um, have to like relax into their body more? Mm, I have to think about that one. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, ultimately it depends on why you personally, you know, as an individual human are not relaxing. Are you, um, are you with the wrong partner that's potentially making you feel very insecure? Right? Is, is your partner constantly mentioning that your breasts are too small and he really loves big breasts? That would be really hard to relax for any woman. <laughs> right? Are you battling uh, internal dialogue of your inner critic and, you know, the voice of your mother who is never happy enough with how good or how bad you look? So it, it's really hard to give tips, and, and I know it's frustrating for people to hear this, but it's very much an individual game. But also to, to add on to that, to your point of being individual, and this is something you also talk about um, like on your Instagram platform, <laughs> <laughs> is everything isn't for everybody. It's like, I think, you know, we forget, and it's a nice reminder because I forget until you were saying it how individual and how different everybody's um, tastes are and how you really have to explore that for yourself to be able to communicate that with your partner. And yeah. I love that even when you're sharing some of your personal things, you're also very, you still have discernment with it because you're like, I, like this is, needs to be your decision. Not mm -hmm. that you're just like bandwagoning on what I'm saying I like or putting an association of meaning behind what I like because it is so personal. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it brings us back to achieving. It's like, we want fast results. So I often have people reach out to me and go, hi, Elena, my boyfriend won't sleep with me. Tell me what to do. Can I have advice? And I always have to <laughs> say to them, like, listen, I don't know your boyfriend. I don't know you. I don't know what's going on, what's happening in your sexual history, what's happening in your sexual relationship. I cannot give you advice out of complete darkness. This isn't how it works. You know, this is why reading Cosmopolitan, like five top sex tips, that shit does not work because you are a sexual individual with your own insecurities, desires, fears, uh, sexual stress, sexual history. There isn't one advice that helps everyone. If I'm a client, I'm coming to you. What does this session look like with you? Like, I mean, I know you do yoni massage. Can you talk a little bit about those things? Sure. I do different kinds of sessions. So either it's online coaching through Skype, it can be face-to-face -face, uh, conversations. Uh, I also teach women yoni massage and I teach couples how to do healing and loving yoni massage on a woman. So there's different types of things. Often I just ask people to email me uh, so they get the full informational bundle. And then we start a conversation through emails of what is it that you're looking for? What are some of your current sexual challenges? Because sometimes women think they need one thing, but what they really need is something else. And so often I can even guide you just through email. On oh, that's great. So yeah. a couple, so I love that you can connect like, 
you know, you don't have to be in person. Because whenever I hear in the past, when I've heard of this type of coaching, which is not exactly what you're doing, but like anything like sexual related, it feels like it always has to be in person. And I think it's really nice Mm -hmm. that you're having the conversation to actually like, you know, you know, lead it to where it needs to go. Yeah. My, um, I, I really, really love the Skype coaching that I do because it's, um, you know, I'm not a therapist and I'm not claiming to have therapeutic sessions. My sessions are quite different. They are a little kick in the ass, <laughs> so to say, to really up your game on sexuality because a lot of us give our power away by blaming the world and the mother and the boyfriend and the husband and everyone but yourself for what's happening in your current sex life. And another thing is most of us don't know who we are as sexual beings. We don't know what we like. We don't know what turns us on. And then we sit around feeling really resentful that our boyfriend won't pleasure us. And when I ask you, well, what actually pleasures you? A woman will look blank at me and not know what to say. Wow. My sessions is to start digging into who you are. What do you need? What gets you into that orgasmic release? What lights your pussy on fire in the most delicious pleasure? And start from there and to find out what you need in order to have more of that and to find out what's holding you back from experiencing that. I love that. So, would, so you know, I had this series of questions I wanted to ask you related with, um, you know, advice you would have for women at different stages of their lives. And it's interesting because I feel like it's kind of like, I'm just curious because um, I know that if someone's doing a one-on-one session with you, there's a lot underneath the hood, many hoods, <laughs> to, <laughs> to, um, to dive into. But I'm just, you know, I think it's very interesting, you know, if, if let's say a couple has been together like 20 years, they love each other dearly, but they're just like bored. Do you mm-hmm. think, you know, I mean, what advice would you have for them? Is that again, like just super personal? Like I'm just, I think it's interesting, you know, when somebody is feeling um, in love with their partner, but everything some downstairs is just like not happening. Yeah. Um, well, number one, I mean, yeah, again, it's all very personal. We don't know why they stopped having sex, right? There could be a million reasons why that isn't happening anymore. But if I were to give an advice, just kind of like a general one is have a conversation. Now we often read about communication. Communication is important. I think we're forgetting a very vital word, and that is brutally honest communication. Because what a lot of couples do is we we lie to each other. We lie to each other every fucking day. Not because we're assholes, but because we don't want to hurt our partner. We don't want to offend them. We don't want to make them feel insecure, right? I often work with women who say, Elena, I I don't know how to tell my boyfriend that he's doing something wrong because I don't want to hurt his feelings. Okay, but you are now having crappy sex for the last five years and you're hurting your own feelings and you're hurting your own body. You're hurting your own sexual relationship. You're hurting the future of your relationship because you're afraid to tell your boyfriend to move his tongue a little bit to the left. Wow, yeah. I having (laughs) honest conversations about our sex lives, not in a cafe while you're trying to hush hush, not next to the kids over breakfast, not when the mother-in-law is in town, set a time, have a conversation, be brutally honest, definitely be kind and gentle to each other, but be brutally honest. 
It's interesting because I still connect what we started this conversation off with, which is pleasure. Like how could our awareness of our simple pleasures in life not ripple into the bedroom? Like if you were somebody who is is denying yourself pleasures or not even aware of the things you like, you know, to your example of just like, um, you know, to be intentional with your life, not, you know, just um, getting an autopilot. Cause I think a lot of people get an autopilot, you know, when you're driving, when you're having conversations. And I think that also mirrors into the bedroom, people get on autopilot with that. So what I'm hearing a lot of is outside of the having brutal, honest conversation is to be really intentional, to be really present. And if you are somebody who is super busy in your day-to-day -day life, of course you're going to seem a bit detached in the bedroom as well. <laughs> like, I, I, just, I just love that um, reminder. Um, and I you just love, what's, what's that? I was going to say that what you see a lot happening now, especially kind of like with this new wave of feminism and this so-called empowerment and women fucking like men and I can fuck whomever I want. I'm a little bit on the other side of the whole scale. I truly believe in the value and power of long-term committed relationships because those are the things that get you digging deeper into who you are as a sexual person. I've used an example before in my, in, on my Instagram how when you jump from one night stand to the other, you're not really expanding your sexuality. You're repeating the same cycle. We all know, ladies, we have like that same first sex lingerie, right, that we often wear. We have that same bottle of wine we keep in our fridge. We often have the same snacks. We have that sexy playlist. It's like Groundhog Day every time. We repeat the same thing. Now, when you're in a relationship with someone for the long term, the relationship will force you to step up your game. It will force you to step deeper into who you are as a sexual being, not repeating the same drunk Friday night, but being brutally honest with who you are as a person, opening your eyes and looking your partner in the eye, trying new things. And I'm not talking about you know, new positions. I mean, experiencing something deeper, experiencing stepping out of your comfort zone. I love that so much. And it's interesting um, because I've had this conversation with a lot of my friends, like with the new wave of feminism, women power, empowerment, all that stuff. I mean, there's the, the end. I mean, it's like everything has a light and shadow side to things. And I just love everything that you have been explaining because I personally am 100% agreement of that. And it almost, it's funny because... Um, you know, some of the conversation and then it makes me sometimes think like, oh, should I be more like that? And I'm like, that that seems like a similar energetic footprint as what we're trying to fight out of, you know? So why not move forward and understanding ourselves more and have that deep connection um, with the people around us? Um, I love that so, so much. Okay. Another thing to add on to this is I personally have seen, well, I personally have seen, everybody's fucking seen it. It's like the new wave of like new porn that's coming out. There's like beautiful female filmmakers that are, um, you know, making films that are not what, you know, you think teenage boys would watch. What is your opinion about porn? And, and how do you think, do you think that that's shifting our viewpoint on porn as a collective? Good question. Um, 
gosh, we could have entire like conferences on porn discussions. Right? Do it, do it. Th- this is for, like, everyone's like, oh, I want to hear. I'm a little, I'm a little shy in my car listening to her. She's from Amsterdam. She may spank me. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, pornography is a mirror into our collective sexual psyche. I don't think we should be repressing it. I think we should be studying it. Every year, Pornhub, have you seen the Pornhub statistics that they release every single year? So you can actually look which country watches what kind of sex the most. It's fucking fascinating. We really should be studying that stuff. It is gold. It is an introduction into how our sexuality operates. For me, porn, it's like a knife. It's a tool. Now you can cut yourself a salad with a knife. You can save your life with a knife or you can kill somebody. So. It's how you use it. What's the intention behind it? Rather than saying porn is bad or porn is good. Well, there's something on both sides. It's really about how you use it and why. I love that. Well, I think too, just conversation as I've had with people I know, it's like sometimes there can be shame around it. Or like if let's say, for example, um, somebody's partner is watching a lot of it it's like the feeling of like shame that they're watching and in secrecy instead of, you know, maybe opening it up with your partner, you know, you know, you're liking this. Why do you like this specific thing? I may like this. Let's watch this together. Um, I just think that that's very interesting. The new kind of shame where we're now trying to police the kind of porn that is acceptable to watch, um, which I really don't like. I feel like a lot of people are in denial of, the scope of human sexuality. It's not just butterflies and glitter and conscious lovemaking. It's also about power games and lust and desire and naughtiness and being bad and secrecy, excuse me, and surrendering and giving up control. There isn't like good porn or bad porn. Yes, the subject of how we create that porn is very important, but what kind of movies we're creating, well, that's a whole other thing. I mean, you don't go to a Harry Potter movie and then walk out thinking that you can make magic spells. So <laughs> pornography is also acting. We have to remember that it's also acting. So why are we blaming pornography for the way we make love, but we're not blaming Harry Potter for the fact that little kids are now running into walls at Kensington Road <laughs> or you know, whatever oh thing is, get through the wall. <laughs> I love that so, so much. And it's such a good reminder because I'm even, and I always call myself out on this in general. It's like, I think I'm so open to things. And then I realize when I'm shown some things, I'm like, oh, but now it's, now this thing is acceptable. So it's funny because you just even sharing that made me realize like I already put a judgment on like, oh, porn is more acceptable now because there's this whole new genre of like, you know, um, female like filmmakers coming out where it feels more sensual and stuff. So that's a really great reminder because even now I just, I'm realizing it's like I, in me saying that and feeling that is already having judgment on every other kind that other people may like. And it's like, we really have to have the conversation of to be, you know, would you say like to be sexually healthy, we have to embrace the thing we're into in a safe way. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just the example of looking at quote, abuse in porn movies, you know, the abuse of women, there is an entire culture of sexuality of BDSM, surrendering or taking control. There are women that really enjoy being 
overpowered. You know, I don't want to use the word abuse. It's, it's laden with a lot of negativity. Overpowered. There's women that, in, or men as well, that enjoy surrendering. It's not rape. It's not abuse if it's consensual and if both people are enjoying it and receiving pleasure from it. You cannot watch a movie where a woman is being choked and said this is wrong because there's plenty of women that fucking enjoy that sexual act. It gives them pleasure. It makes them orgasmic. Oh my gosh. Okay. So my next question that was like, it's like, bup, 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 as you're saying all of this is what, what is kink exactly? Oh, what a good question. You're full of good questions today. Um, for me, kink is playing as adults. So remember when we were kids and we'd play you know, we'd have all these wild games and we'd play, you know, somebody will be the father, someone will be the mother, or you're a cop or you're a robber. Well, for me, kink is that, plus sometimes you're naked. <laughs> <laughs> so is that like an example? Now I'm going to sound like such a spy, like, even though it's like totally public. <laughs> but is that like your, what is something, it was really cute. I thought you were like, oh, I want to do like a naked photo shoot in the kitchen. <laughs> but I love that you're so cute because you're like, I want to just naked shoot in the kitchen, but I'm too anal to like mess up my own kitchen and I'm too polite to mess up an Airbnb kitchen to do this. Like, uh, I just, I love that. Actually, I have a question related to that. So let's say there's a couple that is been together forever. They love each other, but they're just kind of in like routine with their sex. Um, and they, they want to have the conversation, but they're feeling a bit, not shy, but they just don't know. But let's say they're both consciously together and like, hey, we need to try something else out. Like, do you think that kink is a great way to, I don't want to, it's like, so like spice up your love life, but a way to like try stuff on to figure out what you will like outside of the kink. Does that make sense? A little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Meaning like, okay, if you're doing your, you know, adult, like, you know, playtime, there may mm -hmm. be things that you experience during that playtime that you realize, oh, I like this part of this that we could incorporate into the bedroom outside of this playtime. Yeah. I think what we need to pay attention to is not the kind of like the outside stuff of, is it handcuffs? Is it somebody being spanked? Am I wearing a yellow raincoat and you're peeing yeah. on me? It's not that. It's how do you want to feel during the sex? Do you want to feel like you're just can let go and surrender and your partner is making all the decisions? Or do you want to be in control do you want to feel free and wild and just let go and scream? Ooh, sorry. <laughs> you let go and just let go. <laughs> I'm breaking my glass here. So it doesn't ultimately matter what kind of props you're using, what kind of games you're playing. What matters is how you feel. And I think when we talk about kink or when we negatively talk about kink, we're concentrating on what we see on the outside. You know, also like, oh my God, a woman is being spanked. Oh no, this is female abuse. We don't realize that the woman is actually feeling free or she's feeling nourished. She's feeling loved in those moments. This is what gets her off. This is what makes her feel amazing. But you're just too much in your head and your own judgments to even ask her how that makes her feel, right? You're just making your judgments immediately because you don't want to feel that way. You want to feel something else. Wow. Does that make sense? Yes. You're so fucking good. I'm like, I just can't help it. It's like everything that you're saying is 
I mean, I think it's, it's such like the key to unlock, you know, a happier sex life and our sexual health. Would you say like a happy sex life is connected with having good sexual health or like, what does it mean to have good sexual health? I think a good sex life is connected to knowing yourself really well, actually knowing who you are, you know, um, for example, you know, obviously most of us are not receiving any sexual education. And so when it gets down to the nitty gritty stuff, like we all know how to do sex, right? You know, like the body parts, you know that some of them are penetrated, some of them are licked. You, we know that if you do it a certain way, someone will feel an orgasm. So we kind of know the body stuff roughly. What we're not really aware of is the mind stuff. So that's our eroticism. That's how you express yourself as a sexual being. Now, what turns me on will not necessarily turn you on. There's a fantastic book by Jack Morin. It's called The Erotic Mind. And it really digs into our eroticism as human beings. So really understanding what's going to turn you on. I often use an example of, I'll be working with a woman and she'll come to me and say, listen, Elena, I have the most amazing husband. He takes care of the kids. He provides for the family. He gifts me flowers. He takes out the trash. He's the sweetest man ever. And I don't want to fuck him. How many of you out there have the same thing, right? And so a woman is sitting feeling ashamed. She feels like something is wrong with her. She feels like her libido is off or maybe she's hitting menopause. She feels like something is broken within her you know, sexuality. Meanwhile, she's masturbating in secret to pornography where women are being pushed against the wall and ravaged passionately or maybe spanked, right? So her eroticism is operating a little bit different. She needs less sweetness and more control, more roughness. She needs to have her husband take out the trash and then come back and push her against that wall and, you know, I don't know, punish her or spank her a little bit. These are her fantasies. This is what's really getting her off. It doesn't matter why this started or what's wrong with her. Like, this is her erotic wiring, her erotic blueprint. And so I always invite people to start digging deeper into your erotic wiring. Or you have it the opposite way. You'll have, you know, a couple who are very kinky and they go to all the sex parties and they're having these wild threesomes and they're drinking on Friday nights and they're snorting cocaine, but the woman isn't feeling orgasmic. And when you start getting into deeper, more honest conversations with her, you realize all she wants is deep, slow, sensual lovemaking. She doesn't want the handcuffs she doesn't want the wild threesomes. She wants her partner to look her in the eye, tell her that he loves her, hold her closely, you know, whisper sweetness in her ear so she can let go and relax in his or her arms. And wouldn't you say to that example, there may have been a point in time where that environment she did get off on at some point earlier on. She just shifted and changed what... Absolutely. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that because our sexuality is forever evolving. So what you liked when you were 16, when you were 20, when you're 35 is constantly changing. And I often say, please go with the flow, treat it like this exploration journey. Like, mm, what am I, what am I'm into this year rather than fighting against it and almost swimming against the current. You often see this with young mothers, you know, before you were this, wild card and having threesomes and feeling free and confident. Now you have a child and you feel like your libido has completely died. Your libido hasn't died. You're just 
craving different things now. Your body is yearning for something else. Your heart is yearning for something else. That doesn't mean that you're changed forever, but let's just say it's a new phase in your life. And so we need to start respecting these phases. It's kind of like the seasons are changing. You know, and after you have a baby, it's like the winter time. You need to hibernate. You need to take care of your body or your heart. You need to get enough sleep, enough self-care. You need to get into the new groove of, you know, all the time mechanics of having a child, right? You need to communicate with your partner on what is, what is it that you're truly craving right now? What kind of sexuality is feeling nourishing to you? And I would say probably it's not threesomes anymore. And also too, to your point, I love the example of seasons. That's something I use personally for like business related things and just, you know, even, you know, how I'm feeling in my body. I love also the reminder, and I remind myself this too, is your season may feel a little longer or less long that it's like, you cannot, you really can't compare to anybody else. Like you may be in a winter season for a bit longer, you know, but don't put the projection of like having it to literally last a certain amount of time. You have to, to your point, go with the flow and really like honor where you're at. Yeah. Honor your seasons. Absolutely. Honor your seasons. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. So, so much. Um, what would you say is, well, we talked about pleasure, but like, what is your like greatest pleasure right now? Mm. I've recently got into running. So I, I used to hate running. I couldn't even run to the tram stop. I would be out of breath, but, uh, my partner has inspired me to go on a few runs with him and he's been for, for a fitness junkie. I was scared he was going to, you know, like police me into it, but he's been surprisingly the sweetest, most supportive man. And I got into running. I just, I felt the pleasure in it. I got the runners high. I love how it clears my head. I love how good I feel afterwards. I love watching myself progressing. I use a special app to like, look at how, you know, how long I'm running or how fast I'm going. So right now, this is probably one of the biggest pleasures. Like I actually look forward to the next time I'm going to run. And then wouldn't you say, now I, I feel like I sound like such a spy stalker from your Instagram, but you are writing in the process of writing a book. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's sort of a pleasure, but it's also, <laughs> <laughs> I hate it and I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I love it. Can you talk I, a little I, bit about what the book will be about? Sure. Um, so I started writing a book finally, and I realized that it's actually going to be a series of small little books. So there's seven right now. There might be more. And the first one will be like an introduction to the way that I view sexuality. And it's going to be something along the lines of 50 things I wish my mother had taught me about sex. So it's little chapters of tiny truth bombs thrown your way to get you thinking to get you motivated to get you aware of your potential most of us especially women have no idea the kind of pleasure that we can experience in this life because no one knows our mothers don't know their mothers don't know so and there's nowhere where you can get it from so my goal is to kind of put that little those thoughts in your brain to get you thinking about well, it. Well, I'm excited because also I like the idea you're like truth bombs because it's like, you know, yeah. making it 
like fun and playful in that kind of setup, and then also easy to digest. Because sometimes if, you know, we get into like meaty, these meaty books, it's like you can lose the actual, like, it's like, I can totally visualize you having these books. And it's literally like what you would want, like the highlight reel of like a meaty book. Um, Okay. Well, to that point, what, is there something that you'd be open to sharing that you wish your mother had taught you? Like just one? (laughs) Sure. Um, mm. I wish she had taught me that the most important sexual relationship in my life will be with myself. I wish my mother had taught me that self-pleasuring is important, is healthy. It helps me explore my body so that I can then share it with my partner. Oh my God. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Do you (laughs) think that we need to, I know in like schools, it's like they talk about um, sex health, uh, but not really. It's just more of like, use a condom. This is how you get pregnant. I feel like younger people need to have the conversation of like how to be kind human. And also, um, you know, like, okay, it's like just imagining like a school being like, here's your pleasure 101 class. (laughs) But like, how great would everybody feel if they really had that conversation? Maybe you'll be teaching that later. (laughs) You'll have a whole program around the world. Pleasure 101. (laughs) Go outside, pick a flower. This is the problem that we're all growing up and no one teaches us how to make love. We have no fucking clue. Men don't know how to properly seduce us, right? They know how to get us drunk. They know how to pick us up, but they don't know how to keep us past the one night stand, right? They're struggling with it because no one teaches them. No one teaches them how to properly touch a woman, how to make her want the sex, not feel like she has to give it or, you know, feel guilty for it or be confused or feel like sure, whatever, but want it and crave it. Well, and to your point, what you discussed earlier, the benefit of staying in for the long haul with somebody to really like dive into intimacy, to be able to learn those things. Because if you're not doing that, how would you not just recycle what you just said? Like, just like, you know, just on replay like on autopilot. Yeah, there's a fantastic theory by uh, a marriage uh, specialist, Dr. Schnark, and he talks about the concept of leftover sex. So if you think of your sexual potential or just your sexuality as like a big circle, yeah, imagine a big circle. This is your 100% sexual you. These are your desires, fantasies, experiences, your past, your future, your present, your insecurities, your beliefs, your values. Now, we're only expressing maybe like 10% of that in this life because the rest of it, we are, we feel like we're not good enough to have this. We're too old. We're not skinny enough. We're not pretty enough. This isn't for the, you know, I'm too good for this, or I can't find the right partner for this. So on and on and on and on. So we're expressing like 10% of our potential kind of like we're using only, what is it like 20% of our brain? So we're having 10% of our sexual potential. Then you meet a partner. They have the same thing. They have their own little leftovers. So your leftovers meet their leftovers. You guys have a spark. You begin a relationship, whether it's a a long-term relationship or even a few nights. And so your leftovers are fucking their leftovers. And it feels okay for a certain period. Now, sometimes we 
make those little, I call them little pizza slices, those 10% get even smaller because you meet someone and they give you, tell you, well, oh, no, no, I'm not into your kink. This is stupid. This is lame. No, 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 I'm not going to do this. So then your little potential gets even smaller. Or sometimes you meet someone and your potential expands with them because they're so open-minded and they want to try this and this is very exciting. But ultimately, it's just this tiny little 10%, the little leftovers. Now, what a lot of people are wanting to do now is they want to jump from 10% to 10% to 10%, from partner to partner to partner until they exhaust that. And then they get bored and then they claim, oh, you know, monogamy isn't for the humankind. And then they keep jumping, jumping, jumping beds. My suggestion to everyone is to look into your whole potential first. Expand your potential. Look at your beliefs look at your fears, look at your insecurities, expand together, see how far you can open up together, and then start looking at maybe dating other people. But I guarantee you that looking and expanding together can take a whole lifetime. Oh my God. You're so Did that make sense? Yes. Oh my God. That was so <laughs> I, I often share theory with like um, a board and markers and I draw it out. So it, it's more Oh my visual. gosh. That's so beautiful and a great reminder. And it's like, you know, it's like, I mean, I think also it's like everybody's, you know, doing the best they can right now. And I think, you know, <laughs> I think, but what I love with this conversation and, and the work that you're doing in the world is it's a good check-in of, oh, I thought I'm doing my best, but am like, and it's not even about doing my best. I'm doing my best, but it's my own experience because I don't know because I haven't asked myself those questions. I haven't asked myself the good questions. I haven't experienced, um, I haven't fully explored my own, you know, pleasures within myself to therefore be able to, you know, mirror that into a partnership. Um, so I just love that so, so much. Okay. Is there something that you wish somebody would ask you? Um, no, <laughs> I get <laughs> all kinds of stuff over the years. I've become somewhat of a confessional booth. People message me all kinds of things. Um, oh, are you ever like surprised now when you get crazy messages or you're just, you're just used to it? Absolutely not. I'm, I'm surprised that people, even with the amount of information that is accessible to most of us these days, I'd say if you have Instagram, you're you have access to all kinds of information. Um, I'm surprised that people are still feeling quite ashamed for the things that they're into. You know, if I had a dollar for every time someone messaged me and explained their kink to me and asked me what's wrong with them and how we can heal that, and I tell them there's an entire subculture with a proper name for the kink that they're into, their whole life changes. They go, what? What do you mean? I thought I was the only one. I'm like, honey, there's 7 billion people on this planet just Google, you know, so-and-so and you will see that there's entire communities. There's people out there that are waiting to date you because you're into the same stuff as them. There's people out there that are going to love you, appreciate you, be turned on by you, be fucking crazy about you because you are quote unquote weird or kinky or strange or silly. To me, these are just the most fun people anyways. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I think that goes back to the reminder of, um, sexual education, like you're going to have to educate yourself. So Google is your friend, Yeah, <laughs> you know, go ahead and search <laughs> those things. But I, but that is the, th I know it's like, you're still surprised by that, but the way that I think you get so many of those messages too, is because 
the way you show up for people, the way it's in a very, it's, I, I don't even know if you realize how special you are. Like the way that you show up is a very, um, it feels very relaxed. And it, it's just like, I keep saying the word safe, but it's like more than that. There feels like a very approach, you make everything approachable. That's what it is. You make it all approachable. So I think, I mean, it's really remarkable what you're doing and the conversations you're having and the prompts you're having. And it's really interesting because it's like, it just, it, it's um, interesting for when I'm reading things sometimes and I'm like, I'm an open person. And then I'm like, wait, I'm not, I'm being an uptight person about that. What is that about? And then it allows that dialogue to better get to know yourself, to better, you know, have experienced pleasure in the world, better experience pleasure for yourself. Um, I just love that so, so much. Um, is there any, what's that? I was going to say a lot of us are still so distracted by what's happening on the outside. You know, I mentioned it before, like we're like, is it the handcuffs? Is it the chocolate covered strawberries? I don't care what it is. I care how you feel. It doesn't matter for me if you want to wear a yellow raincoat or be blindfolded, that doesn't matter. I want to know why you want to do that. I want you to find comfort within your own sexuality, within your own body. That's what's important. I, I often use uh, the example of internal and external sexuality. So external sexuality is what we see all around us. It's how we dress, how we flirt, what kind of kinks we're into, how we talk about sex. It's all the stuff that, you know, cosmopolitan magazines and women's magazines are writing about. But then there's internal sexuality and that's how you feel about sex, how you feel about your body, how you feel while you're having sex. You know, we're so convinced, concerned with the best blowjob skills. I'm more concerned on whether you even like giving blowjobs. You know, like what's the point of knowing all the best hand movements if you absolutely resent your partner when you're doing those movements on them. It doesn't matter what is the best lingerie brand if you still feel very insecure wearing it. It doesn't matter how flirty and how naked you are on Instagram if you've never orgasmed. So I wanna go deeper, I wanna go inside of you and help you find that comfort. Everything else is just an outfit. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so good, <laughs> so good. Okay, so we're coming to the end, well, We've got a few months left. 2019, I cannot believe how fast this year has been going by, said every single person on the planet this year. Um, mm -hmm. But what, going into, you know, 2020, what is your greatest desire going into 2020? Ah, oh, to publish my book. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Are you going to do all, are you going to try to like do them all at once or one at a time? No, it's going to be one at a time. Okay. I'm also going to be gifting like 300 books away for free to my biggest fans. So I'm super excited about that. I'm also making plans on um, kind of traveling with my books and leaving them in different places and making videos on Instagram so people can find them. Oh my gosh, and I love that. So um, of course I have to write the book first. <laughs> oh, that's gonna, I feel like that's good. It's like, you're gonna go on your little run and be like, that's basically, it's one just long, big rant. That's exactly it. <laughs> Are you going to come to LA? You should come to LA for a book tour. If you feel like it. Yeah, I, I'd love to. You, the thing is, you know, I don't drive a car. I'm, I'm a European girl. I, yeah, but I there's like Uber things everywhere. Yeah, I don't know. No, you don't want to. It's okay. I, I need, that, okay, I'd say that's my also my plan for 2020. Get a driver's license, 
I'll publish one book at least, um, go to Vipassana meditation. Oh, have you done that before? No, that's my plan for two weeks. Okay. Um, another one, I, I often call them pleasure goals. So, oh, I'm, I'm, oh my gosh, I love that. That's a great little wink to our listeners, pleasure goals. Yeah. So what are your pleasure goals for 2020? I've already started making mine for 2020. So yeah, publish my book, Vipassana, trip to Japan. I've never been. And also, which I've already started working on, is doing more lectures and talking gigs all over the world. So the next one is in October in Ibiza, if anybody wants. Oh my gosh, amazing. You should totally do a TED Talk. That's like 2022. (laughs) Is it though? You could do it now. I write the thing to put, I think, I forget, but I know you like could submit people or something on like (laughs) TED Talk or whatever. Girl, I want my own Netflix special. <laughs> oh, you totally could have, yeah. I mean, and yeah, I mean, I have no, I have no doubt in my mind you will take over. I mean, you are the Yoni empire. <laughs> I, mean, I, watched, for real. I watched Brené Brown's Netflix special the other day. Have you seen it? Yes. And I, the whole time I was like, that's going to be me one day. Okay, so I have to share this with you because I think you'll appreciate this. So I am all for the pleasure list. And so for this podcast, it's only been out for a few months. And I sent a note, an email to Brene Brown's people and oh. asking to be on the podcast. And so this is the way my mind works is they declined me, but I brought, it brought me so much pleasure to still get a rejection from her people. <laughs> Cause I was like, the person that I was communicating with was communicating directly to her. And I was like, yes, I know not right now. It will be later. But it's just interesting. Like that alone, like brought me great pleasure. So I just had to share that because, um, yeah, you will have your own special. I have no doubt. And you'll definitely talk to Brene Brown, girl. Yeah, look at that. Look at us. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And who knows? I really, oh my gosh, I so want to do a session with you now and um, see you in real life. I sometimes pass through Amsterdam. Um, that sounded so obnoxious, oh. like travel dropper, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have friends in Copenhagen. I could like pop over there, but um, I just want to take a second to honor you for all the work you're doing, for the way you show up, for the way you leave the most loving truth bombs of like little sprinkles on the road to like guide people to really question and not question, explore themselves, explore the world around them and really infuse pleasure into every aspect of their lives that then can guide them to living their best life and happy and feel sexy and fulfilled. And I just Mm -hmm. really, really love that. And I am so grateful to have you on this podcast. And I'm so grateful you wrote me back and said yes. And I'm just super, super stoked to be talked to talk to you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Here's another goal for 2020. Learn to accept compliments. Oh, fighting them in my head. Oh, are you really fighting it? Oh my gosh. It's so funny because I'm, a, um, well, clearly I like words of affirmation, um, but I like love to love up on people. Like I like, I mean, yeah, if, if you, you need, a, I could leave, I could leave you, uh, sometimes I leave jingles for my friends, like little voice notes, how great they're. <laughs> that's so sweet. It's funny because that's my last love language, which is really? weird writer and this is the work that I do but words of affirmation is the last way in which I love people yeah what's your first one acts of service oh 
I will just, I will do stuff for you. I will show up in the middle of the night. I will clean your house. I'll organize stuff Aww. for you. Flowers. That's my thing. Yeah. Well, I feel like it needs, it's always like words of affirmation. I, I think that makes sense. I mean, like just even the work you're doing, it's like the experience, like you're almost like too busy to experience everything to like have to like verbalize it. I don't know. It, you know, funnily enough, my partner, that's his first love language oh. and acts of service is his last. So we're like completely each other's opposites. So I need to learn to be more verbal which to me feels kind of silly, like, well, Jesus, like, don't you see how much I do for you? <laughs> I need to say it. <laughs> the opposite. He's like, God damn it. I tell her I love her all the time. Doesn't she see it? And I'm like, God, he just needs to buy me some fucking flowers. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. It's so true. Yeah. I'm definitely words of affirmation and physical touch. I'm like super touchy feely, which is interesting because I've, which is very funny because even my friend, I mean, I just like the people in my life that I love, I just like love them so hard. But um, also I have a lot of friends that are like super sensitive and aren't as touchy-feely as I am. So it's like a comical thing when I see them because I'm just like, I'm not even touching them. I'm like, energy hug, energy hug, energy hug. Girl, that's America too. Like you guys are awkward about physical touch. Like you, you kind of, because I'm quite touchy-feely too. I mean, it's my job as well. And I'm <laughs> are getting used to female to female sensual physical interaction. I find that very important. And yeah, if I ever like hug an American girl, like you just feel her getting all weird <laughs> while in Europe, it's fine. Like I, you know, I hold hands with my friends. I cuddle with my girlfriend. Oh my God. I love, I like love my friends so much. It is funny. Cause I remember um, years ago when I was in Hong Kong, a friend of mine that I was working with there, she, it was, this was like maybe 10 years ago. She, we were walking down the sidewalk and she was like holding my hand and just like really like linked together. And I remember it was the first time a friend had done that. And I was just, well, I was more like, oh, it's too much overstimulation with the city and I'm hot and I need like crystal space. It felt like, you know, you need a leg out free in the bed sheets. Um, <laughs> but it's so true. But yeah, I love that. Well, I love, so you're going to receive all of the love from all the listeners and your book is going to be, your book series is going to be epic. And I have no doubt in my mind, like all the things you desire are like going to happen very quickly, like a domino effect. And you're fucking beautiful. So like you will be like pleasurable to look at on screen while you're schooling people <laughs> about their, you know, all of their pleasure, you know, pleasure principles. Ooh, I the other day, like, I mean, sorry, listen, like I smoke weed, you know, we live in Amsterdam and yeah. I don't drink alcohol, so I smoke pot. And so the other day I was um, kind of coming down from my high and my inner critic was like, Elena, you're getting old. You need to get on that. TEDx, you need to get on Netflix as soon as possible because, you know, your looks aren't going to last that long. So girl, you better start working. And I was like, fuck, I better start working. So I sat down and like typed up like 10,000 words for my book. Like, Jesus, no time to procrastinate anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. Let's get you on TED. Like, oh my gosh, you'll totally do it. TED, TED. Right. Yeah. They have them on, I forget how it works, but I know they have them for like the smaller cities and then they go like viral. Um, yeah. Hmm. What should I talk about? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> you could talk about anything. I think you should talk about, I mean, I mean, yes, we like touched on a lot of things, but I know you could expand on that even more. I think like maybe, um, you know, that could be kind of fun to like coincide with like your books. Mm. 
you know, or like, Ooh, or what if like, okay, so you said you have like seven little books. Like even if you haven't written, let's say you just write the first one and you have like six others, like even if you have like kind of what you feel intuitively, like, oh, these are going to be the core subjects of those seven books. You mm -hmm. could start to discuss that even though it's not in physical form yet. Is there like a time limit? Because I can talk about sex forever. Like I could sit here and talk to you for another three hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think like, I don't, from what I've seen, they can be like eight, 10 minutes long to like 20, the TED Talks. Mm -hmm. We should oh. look at it. Where would you, what city would you want to do it? In your own city? Whew, gosh, I don't know. In every, can I do more than one? Is or are you like? I don't oh, know. I think like, you, okay, I don't know shit about this. I'm just like speaking <laughs> like you know. And people tend to listen to. Me. It's funny. I always joke with my friends that people that have been listening to this podcast are probably rolling their eyes now. But I'm like, when people listen to me, they really are happy. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think like it's just whatever. I think it's like your local. Maybe it would be in Amsterdam. It's like whatever your local hometown city is in. Mm -hmm. And then I know you have to do like kind of like a pitch for it and you know, then hopefully you get, you know, invited, you just need like 20 minutes to be able to talk, you know, monologue, talk about a thing you're, you know, stoked on, which an expert on, which we know, like you're expert on those, you know, <laughs> I mean, I think, I mean, pleasure, I, I don't know. And also, but I totally think you could totally do it. And I don't think it's necessarily important to like that you would have to go to like all these different cities. It's just, you need to get on one city to then get that video on YouTube. Hmm. to then get all those people. I think I'm going to add this to, uh, but mm, I don't want to say 2020 pleasure goal, but Why not? research it in 2020. Why not? Let's do it. Come on. Come on. Is that, like is that overwhelming? Okay. I understand it's overwhelming. I like it. Wait, when is your birthday? December 24th. I'm a Christmas baby. Oh, uh, wait. So are you Sag? No. Capricorn. Capricorn. Oh, you're such a hard worker. That's probably what, yeah. Okay. It makes sense. All right. Hard workers and we're perfectionists. Have so. you seen the Benito Skinner videos where he's like dating a this or that? No. Okay, I'm gonna send you the one on dating a Capricorn. It's fucking hilarious. Um, yeah, it's on YouTube. I'm gonna send it to you. You're gonna like crack up. It's very, very. Um, it's really, uh, really fun. Um, oh my gosh. Well, I am just super excited for you. I keep and uh, like I'm just super excited that we got to talk. I really appreciate your time and energy and I cannot wait to share you with all my listeners and I cannot wait to see you on TED Talk and all your books and um, I feel like all good things. Thank you so much. It's such an honor when people want to talk to me. So thank you. I'm very grateful. Oh my gosh. Every, are you kidding me? You're like this fucking shit. Well, you know, 7 billion people on this planet and you've chosen me. It's, it really is an honor, really. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> that's, that's I was like, service, you know, you chose me, so that feels amazing. Thank oh you. my gosh, I love it. I want to share and open the conversation to everybody, like, because it's like, I feel, you know, there may be somebody listening who needed to listen to this to have the permission to take the next step in finding out what like sets them off in life and then in the bedroom. Absolutely. Just remember, it all begins with you, it always begins within you. Oh yes, I love that. Get oh. that shit sorted. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh my gosh. Well, I am sending you a big hug. This bumping you back. And I really hope to connect with you in real life.
Absolutely. Let me know when you're passing through Amsterdam. Yeah, I will definitely will. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. That's a wrap for today on the Healer Dealer podcast. If you like this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review, let me know what you loved about it, and pass along to your family and friends. Thank you so much for being here. Hope to see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.